Hi there and welcome to The Brave, a podcast all about resilience and dealing with the challenges and complexity of life in the 21st century. I'm your host, Beth and Vincent, and each week we take a deep dive into a topic related to adaptability and robustness in people, places and systems. Now this week, we're actually moving away from the kind of usual format and general topics we explore, because as you may be aware, uh, you hopefully are aware, coronavirus is, I want to say all the rage, but that doesn't feel very appropriate. Um, But obviously there is a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety around coronavirus and its potential impact on our society, which, if I'm perfectly honest, could be massive, although there are a lot of unknown unknowns and known unknowns as well in this space. So this week we're just going to have a little chat through um, kind of some of my responses, I guess, to what's going on. As someone who suffers from anxiety, I have definitely felt my own personal anxiety rise due to this situation and all of the news and all of the tweets I'm reading, which when you're not really sure about which information is factual or not can be, well, it can be a bit scary if I'm perfectly honest. So as someone who is quite plugged in, I guess, to the news and to Twitter and social media, I am feeling a bit overwhelmed with all of the information that I'm kind of receiving. And not not because I don't care, and I think that's one of the things where you can kind of feel like, well, maybe I should just shut this all off, but is that kind of callous of me to completely remove myself? But to be honest, it's getting to the point where I know the official government advice, I've read that, whether you agree with it or not, I've read the NHS advice, and I feel like those are the sources that are the most trustworthy again you can agree or disagree with that but those are the sources that are most trustworthy not karen on twitter if you know what i mean so i think it is okay to start to block out the noise and i know people who have literally deleted their social media accounts in the last few days just because they are feeling so overwhelmed by it all and that to be honest that's something i am considering at the moment i may do depending on what happens but i think it's It's the fact that you don't know what's going to happen is the biggest problem for me. And it's that lack of control, lack of um, understanding of where things are going to go and how it's going to affect you. And we've already seen this kind of come out with people panic buying toilet roll, which, you know, yeah, you're going to need it. But it's not going to be the difference between life or death, whereas I'd argue kind of panic buying food for me makes a little bit more sense because you require that to survive even though it's not a good idea to panic buy obviously and reduce the amount of food available to other people who need it as well so I don't know I'm just feeling very overwhelmed with it all and it's quite interesting because as someone who is not in a high risk category I'm young I have no other conditions that would affect me there's a temptation to think well like this isn't important this this you know, this won't have a material impact on my life. Yes, I might get a bit sick, but whatever, I'll probably likely survive. And then on the other hand, feeling very anxious about it all, that creates a bit of a weird sensation. But I think for me, the main thing is um, this idea of kind of community. You know, it's not just about me. It's not just about whether I survive. It's whether society kind of survives. And I don't mean like I think it's going to be absolutely apocalyptic or anything, but you know, I I want society to survive in a good fashion and I don't want to see a whole generation of people wiped out, you know, people over 70, I think that would be catastrophic. Not just 
not just from the kind of personal toll actually but economically as well what's that going to do you know people are going to lose if you're a family who's relying on a caregiver who's a grandparent you know that's going to have a massive impact on your life and I think there's there's a temptation to be very selfish about this all but I don't think well for me personally that's not how I want to be and that's how I I'd like to see other people take that line but obviously I can't influence everyone's behavior so I guess in terms of kind of coping with it all and keeping in mind everything I've just said I'm taking all the precautions I can that make sense that are reasonable so you know from a bit of social distancing I mean to be honest I've had little choice about that a lot of the events so I do speaking at conferences and they've all been cancelled which I think is completely the right thing to do um, just making sure that uh, we've stocked up a little bit but not in a way that would deprive other people of anything so you know we've just got some basics in that would last us two weeks and we had a bigger <laughs> we had a fun discussion actually about calories and counting how many calories we had in the house and whether it'd be enough to kind of get through and I don't know that that was probably a bit extreme but it was kind of an interesting exercise actually to see how many calories are in certain foods which was kind of shocking pasta is um yeah full of calories which is good but also I eat a lot of pasta so I was like hmm, maybe I should cut down on that um yeah so it's just taking reasonable precautions and again this comes back to the unknown unknowns and you almost can't do anything about something that you don't know whether it's going to happen or not so just trying to keep on with life as normal and um, make sure I de-risk the situation for other people and for myself but more for other people who are more likely to be harmed by this it's about keeping your responses proportionate, I guess, and not, I think it's really easy to be taken in by the fact people are panic buying and you're seeing all the stuff about toilet rolls and kind of go along with that because you think, well, if everyone else is doing it, there must be a good reason. But I guess if you kind of inspect it from a rational point of view, it, it looks a bit less reasonable to me. So I'm, I'm just doing what makes sense for me. Um, and I guess I've spoken in previous episodes about kind of social media and the fact that sometimes it can amplify the extreme and I, I do think there is a little bit of, I guess, extremist thinking happening online about this all. Yes, I do think it poses a massive risk and I do not want to downplay that. But also life does have to go on. It will go on. It, it, this isn't going to end the human race. And I think we've got to keep that in mind when it comes to kind of a proportional response for ourselves and actually if you listen to my episode where I talk about the black death you know 60% of the population died didn't just get the illness actually died in that in certain places you know the mortality was between 30 and 60% so imagine you know 60% of your friends and family dying that would be catastrophic but society still survived after that and it's quite interesting when you look at black death because the initial kind of outbreak happened similarly to this where it was a couple of months of real upheaval real kind of um extreme thinking people thought it was the end of the world which i can kind of understand but they did get through it and came out the other side and if you want to know more about that then please listen to that episode because that that was a subject i studied at university so i'm, I'm semi clued up about it <laughs> i wonder if this whole kind of coronavirus outbreak will will teach us about creating societies that are a bit more resilient and a little bit more sustainable because if you think about the disruption to the supply chain which is kind of a major issue in industry at the moment and manufacturing in particular you know lots of people have relied on cheap labor in china cheap materials for decades 
and that that system is actually very fragile as this pandemic is teaching us so I'm not saying onshoring is always the answer but maybe it will it will allow us to look at shortening the supply chain and giving ourselves a bit more slack and maybe not be so focused on pure kind of profitability because if you think about it now you know the profitability is absolutely tanking because you can't literally can't get the materials and the labor so is there is there a will there be a movement in society to spend a bit more now on being more sustainable in order to kind of protect our future and i'm also really interested to see what happens around kind of the discourse around climate change around this because you know, we've seen in China a lot of the pollution levels have absolutely dropped, CO2 output has dropped, there are less planes flying, so that's obviously having an impact as well. And will it make people realise that we can survive without long-haul flights or as many long-haul flights and as much travel and as much kind of energy output, I guess? The other thing uh, and potential outcome of this that I think could be interesting is the fact that the, the government is calling on us to you know go and check on elderly neighbours, especially as they probably are going into quarantine next week. You know, that's one of the things they're talking about over 70s being you know, self-isolating themselves. And as a society over the last 50 years, we've definitely loosened those social ties. You know, there's less of a sense of community. And will this kind of almost force people to build those ties again within their communities and protect the most vulnerable because that, that's kind of the point of a society for me you know you could be out on your own doing your own thing you know a randian hero but when shit hits the fan then there's no one to help you whereas if you're part of a community in a society yes you have to expend some resources and i'm using air quotes because that's a horrible piece of terminology but you have to expend some resources looking after the less uh, well off the less um, able members of your society but the strength is as a whole and everyone has someone to depend on and i wonder if this will will allow us to maybe move back to some more old-fashioned ways of living our life where we are a bit more connected and more connected in person and less connected over social media which is totally ironic because we're going to be more connected over social media and less connected in person over the kind of coming months as i guess social distancing and potential kind of quarantining and that kind of stuff comes into effect so i still think social media will have a role to play in connecting people but it, there's no substitute for knocking on your neighbour's door and being like, hey, do you need anything from the shop? I know you can't go out. So I think I finally want to just touch on kind of working from home because that's something that a lot of us are going to have to do over the coming months. And obviously there is concern for people who cannot work from home. You know, if your job is based in retail or manufacturing, where you have to be on site. And I'm afraid because I don't work in those industries, I don't want to talk out of turn and talk about something I don't know. But in terms of kind of working from home in a digital job or a job that allows you to kind of be remote, I've, I've done a lot of kind of working from home over the years, especially when I was going through my self-employed phase. And I do have some top tips on how to manage, especially when um, you live by yourself as well, because that was something I was doing a long time ago. I lived pretty much by myself and had to be on my own for weeks on end, and maybe saw a client or two. And really, um, it's all very common sense, and there's loads of articles about stating similar things, but get up in the morning properly, put on some clothes, have some breakfast, have a routine. I used to go for a walk, actually, before I started work, which was quite nice. So 
because I was self-employed I could flex my hours a bit so I used to do kind of 10 to 6 as my work time but what I would do is go out for an hour long walk at night and that set me up really nicely for those work hours and actually to be honest I was doing work in my head while I was walking anyway because I was thinking of things and kind of going through my to-do list for the day so yeah get up get out get dressed have a routine so take breaks that's really important I use a Pomodoro technique at work whether I'm in the office or working from home and that always works really well as kind of a reminder to um, take a break but also sometimes if you've got a task that you just you see BA to do to be honest um, the Pomodoro technique is great because you just say to yourself okay I'm just going to do you know 25 minutes of this and then take a five minute break or 20 minutes and a five minute break and you kind of get into it just by breaking it up into time not into the task I think also just make sure you have contact with other people especially if you're on your own even if that's um, facetiming someone or skyping someone or zooming someone whatever video conferencing software we all end up using and relying on just make sure you do check in with your wider team if you're kind of in a work environment with a team or if you're self-employed check in with someone else a fellow self-employed freelancer person and have maybe a virtual coffee I quite like that idea um, coffee is one of the things that I cannot do without so to take a break and kind of chat to someone is a nice thing for me and I think also um, just be a bit kind on yourself as well and don't I think these are unprecedented times and don't push yourself beyond your limits thanks so much for listening to this week's slightly shorter and sweeter episode um it's a serious topic though and I did want to do it kind of this week while things were going on because it's it's taken up a lot of my headspace as you probably can tell if you enjoyed the episode please feel free to leave a rating and or a review that just means more people will find out about the podcast and also I get some feedback on what I'm doing and finally if you want to find us online we're on twitter and instagram at the brave listen where we share some bits on there and you can also also find more about me and the podcast at bethandvincent.com but until next week I will say goodbye and I hope you stay safe stay sane and um, we'll all get through this